0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, the 4th of July, 2010. Slow fade, a better understanding of who God is.
1: Well, good morning, Connection Church. Happy 4th of July. We're glad that you're here. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm
0: Alan Jones.
1: And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace. Of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, we do thank you for this day, a day where we remember um, that our freedom was not cheap. Actually, our freedom in you wasn't cheap either. You gave your life for us. And so now, Lord, help us um, set aside all distractions. Try to put aside those things that tend to invade our mind, invade our thoughts, so that we might have focus on you and the words that you have planned for each one of us, each one of us unique and different. Lord, we thank you and praise you for today and um, open us up so that we might be changed and transformed by your love. We pray this in Jesus' name and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And all of Connection Church said, amen. Amen.
0: Slow fade. So it it like happens in nearly all relationships at one time or another. Maybe it's happened to you. Um, uh, Set the scene. Uh, You know, you're, you're in a new relationship. It's very, very special. For some of us, we've got to go back a few years to remember this, but go with me here. You know, go back in time, maybe. It seems like you just can't get enough of that other person. You can't Wait to know more about them to find out everything you can about them. You can't wait to tell your friends about this new person who is such an important part of your life, how wonderful they are, how good they make you feel, how life was so much less than it is now that you know this wonderful person. Hours become minutes when you're together. You don't really care where you go, just as you are with that, as long as you're with that other person. There's something magical, and I don't mean hocus pocus, I just mean wonderfully magical about this person. There's this, when you're together, there's this this chemistry, that's the word, there's this chemistry, and you can't imagine ever going back to the way things were, let alone, let alone things ever being different than they are at this very moment.
1: Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Yeah. And so I'm sure that's how <coughs> Devin and TC feel right now. And we have another newlywed couple here, Lindsay and Chris. Welcome yeah, back. They're like glowing. It's good to see you.
0: Look at their face. They've just got this glow. They do them.
1: have this glow. So if the four like of you can just tune us out right now, it would be really good. But actually, maybe you need to tune us in because <laughs> even this will happen to you. Because... <laughs> Here, you're all excited in this relationship. Enjoy it while it lasts. And then... (laughs) And then it changes. It's kind of subtle at first, kind of subtle that, you know, but then the novelty over time begins to wear off and the realities of the day-to-day living just kind of take over and maybe it's human nature, maybe it's something else. I don't know, but for whatever reason... The relationship changes just a little bit and then maybe a little bit more and then a little bit more and you find yourself maybe not spending as much time with one another. It's not because you don't not want to, it just life catches up. And after a while you find yourself maybe not hanging That's on every I, word. I, I don't understand. Not trying to get to know that person better because, I mean, after all, you know him pretty well. And then you meet somebody and, you know, when you, when you first date, it's like, oh, here's my, you know, meet him. And then, you know, 10 years down the road, it's like, hi, this is my husband. You know, it's just kind of a little bit different.
0: That guy. <laughs>
1: The hours you used to spend turn into minutes. Literally. (laughs) The magical moments are fewer and far between. The relationship has faded. Not all at once, but it just kind of happens. It's like a slow fade.
0: Mm. Can we get an amen to that? Okay. (laughs) So we're all on a page here. You know... um, This often happens uh, to many of us in another relationship that we have with a very special person, and that's our relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, um, for many of us, when we first meet Jesus, when we first get to know Him, when we first experience His saving grace in our lives, well, it's nothing short of amazing. Amen? Yeah. This relationship is similar in many ways to those other special relationships that we were just describing. You know, like we can't get enough of Jesus. We can't wait to know more about Him, find out everything we can about Him. We can't wait to tell our friends about this new person in our life, how wonderful He is, how good He makes us feel, how life was so much less before He was a part of it, how different our lives are since He came into it. And similar similar to those other relationships in some ways, but so much more even, because this relationship with Jesus brings salvation. It brings forgiveness. It brings eternal life. Wow. Mm, wow. Hours become minutes when we're thinking about talking about reading about Jesus. You, know, you were reading the Bible like there's no tomorrow, getting to know all about this man who has changed our life. There's there's something, again, almost magical. Again, not the voodoo magic, but there's this, this awesome wonderfulness. Uh, and and there's, there's a chemistry. There's that word chemistry when, uh, when we're with Jesus. And we can't imagine things ever going back to the way they were, let alone being any different than they are at this very moment.
1: And then it happens. Not all at once, but it just begins to happen little by little. Maybe the novelty wears off. Maybe the realities of day-by-day day catch up and some of our schedules seem to take precedence over spending time with Christ. We put aside a oh, we'll pray later or we'll read God's word later. Whatever the reason, the relationship begins to change and and we just find ourselves in a different place and it's not because we don't not want to do that not want to spend time with Christ but life just happens and and we get caught up in things that we think are more important and then we might even find ourselves not hanging on every word anymore not like having this intensity Not trying to get to know Jesus better because, after all, we know him pretty well. And then when we meet somebody and we, you know, they might say, well, you're a Christian and we just don't have that pizzazz, that energy when we talk about Jesus who once saved our life. Hmm. And so the time we once spent together does become minutes instead of hours. We seem to no longer have hours to spare, and that all oh, that we have of Christ, that the Jesus that just takes our breath away, just becomes, I don't know, kind of gone. It doesn't happen all at once, as I said, but it just is like a slow fade. So what are we supposed to do when this happens?
0: What do you do when your relationship with Jesus, with the Holy One, with the Savior, isn't what it once was, when it has lost something, when you're experiencing this slow fade?
1: Well, first of all, we have to realize that it, that it has happened. We have to really tune in to, you know, where we're at at the time. We have in our household this scale. We say, okay, 1 to 10. 1 to 10 where are you in whatever it is? 1 to 10, how's your day? 1 to 10. Anyway, 1 to 10, how is your relationship with Christ? Where are you right now? Where do you want to be? How do you, in fact, get there? Mm-hmm. Carrie and
0: I experienced this um, a few years ago, a relational slow phase, probably about 15 years into our marriage, about 17 years ago probably. We recognize our relationship wasn 't where we wanted it on you know scale one to ten, uh, we wanted it to be nine and a half ten. it was i don 't know
1: below five
0: probably three or four maybe yeah. or something maybe. and so we said, what are we going to have to do to take it from three and a half to ten or three and a half to nine and a half because ten would be perfect, three and a half to nine and a half, and we decided it was bigger than we were, so we sought some, some outside counsel, uh, and, and we saw this guy, therapist and. And it was interesting what his suggestion was to us, uh, kind of goofy, but we were paying big bucks, so we listened. Um, <laughs> that's why you always pay for those things, because that makes you listen more closely. So anyway, he suggested that we go out on some dates. Well, I was all for that, you know, we like to date, that's fun. But we were supposed to go out and pretend like it was our first date, to get to know each other. We had four kids. We kind of knew each other, biblically and otherwise. I mean, we knew each other. Right? They've all had 10th grade bio. They knew it, honey. I'm not I'm not telling them something. Oh there. my gosh, so, Alan. I mean, come on. Let's go back and pretend. And the best part is pretend. So, like I said, because we paid a lot of money, we said, okay, let's go out on this goofy first date idea and ask each other questions like we don't know each other. And you know what? It worked. I guess that's why we paid the big bucks. He knew what he was talking about, didn't he? He did. Yeah. It worked.
1: It worked. We we went back to not assuming that we knew each other, you know, knew everything about each other. We'd check in. We'd ask each other questions that we thought that we knew, like, you know, if there's anything in the world, any place you would want to go, well, I thought I knew I was wrong. Things change over time. Things change over time, and and we had allowed ourselves to get into a pretty bad rut. Yeah, it didn't happen all at once, but the the approach that the therapist suggested helped us climb out of that rut. And it wasn't all at once, but it's like that slow fade that had happened over time became a brighter, brighter day, a brighter relationship.
0: Okay, so so that was in a personal, uh, person-to-person kind of thing. What do we do when we realize we're in the midst of a slow fade in our faith? Spiritually speaking, when we're in the midst of a slow What do we do to regain that intensity, to reignite the passion we once had when we first connected with Christ? Well, like Carrie and I did when we were in the slow fade, what we need to do is to do the things we used to do, do the things we used to do with the same passion and the same intensity that we used to do them. Uh, One of the things that a lot of us did when we first got to know Jesus When we want to know more about Jesus, we could talk to people, but another thing we can do is read the Scriptures, right? That's his story. So we want to know more about this guy, what we do, and what we did was read his story. And the thing is, we didn't just read it, did we? We would, like, gobble it up. We couldn't get enough. And maybe this was true for you at some... Maybe it's true for you right now, and if it is, praise the Lord. You know, you're just... Going through scripture like it's an all you can eat smorgasbord, and you just can't satisfy your hunger no matter how many trips you make to that buffet table. Can I get an amen to that? Yeah. Yeah. It, it reminds us of a, of, a, of a cool little scripture we find in the third chapter of the prophet Ezekiel.
1: And he said to me, Son of man, eat what is before you, eat this scroll. Then go and speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he gave me the scroll to eat. Then he said to me, Son of man, eat this scroll I am giving you, and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it, and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. This is such a cool scripture. You see, God wanted Ezekiel to speak on God's behalf. God wanted Ezekiel to share the truth, God's word, to the gathered body. It's called the house of Israel. It's like church. Anyway, God gave Ezekiel the scroll with words on both sides and told Ezekiel to eat it. You see, this scroll had words of lament and mourning And, whoa, that's what Scripture says. And so we had Ezekiel literally eat the scroll. Wow. And we read that Ezekiel says, so I ate it, and it tasted as sweet as what? Honey. Honey. It tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. And so then Ezekiel, with the word of God ingested inside of him as sweet as honey, he went into that house of Israel and he spoke God's words to God's people. The words that he had eaten that had literally been a part, become a part of him.
0: And so, some of us, this is how we once read scripture, and, and, and maybe some are still, but if we've gotten away from it, the way we need to read it again. We need to gobble it up, to take it in, to ingest it, to digest it, to make it a part of our being. We should hunger after the word of the Lord. Why? Because when we want to get to know uh, God better have a better understanding of who God is, how better than, other than our personal experience with God, is to read God's holy word. That's why he gave it to us. Amen? Amen. Amen. And, uh, and if we don't, and we can't just sample it. It's not like hors d'oeuvres.
1: The other two services didn't get that one. That was good. It does hit
0: me. Of course, sometimes those hors d'oeuvres are good, and you attack those too. But, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not like light stuff. This is like a meal. This is a banquet. This is a feast. This is a smorgasbord, and you tear into it with everything you've got. And you don't just lightly, but you make it a part of you and you, and you devour it to satisfy the hunger we have or should have to get to know God better. And we think, oh, I already know him. No, you don't. No one knows God that well. He's always got surprises in store. That's what makes God, God. That's what's so cool. He's always ready to give you something new. And when you read the scripture today, the same scripture you read last year, it's going to bring something new because you're in a new place and your understanding of God's in a new place. Mm. And so we eat, literally eat God's word. And, And then once it's ingested and digested, then what? We get to share it with others, just like Ezekiel, after he gobbled the scroll, was able to share God's words with the house of Israel.
1: So that's why we gobble up the words of God because that, how do we get to know somebody unless we take them and we need to take the Lord in to understand, you know, to make that relationship deeper and fuller. Paul has this great scripture that we want to present to you, suggest to you. It's found in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and this is the message version.
0: It says, this. There's nothing like the written Word of God for showing you the way to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Every part of Scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Yeah. Say this last sentence with me, will you? Through Through the Word, word we we are are put put together... And, and shaped, shaped up for the, for the tasks God, God has, has for us.
1: This yeah. is such a cool scripture. I especially, we want to especially point out uh, that second sentence that says, every part of scripture is what? God breathed. Every word in this book is God breathed. Yeah, God used humans to write the words down, but every single thing in this book is breathed into this book by God. And the really cool thing about Scripture is that God uses it for our lives in so many ways. It's all right here. You see, we have this rebellious nature. God gave us free will. Sometimes I wonder why, but anyway, we have this free will and we tend to stray from God. Well, this book brings us back. This book corrects us. This God's words even rebuke what we're doing, corrects us. God's word encourages us. This is a love story. God's word trains us, helps us walk it out. We find out how to do life in this book. We don't find out how to do life on Dr. Phil. We find out how to do life through the word of God. The only way we're going to know how to walk it out as men and women of all ages who love Jesus is to know what Jesus says. So set aside some of that other stuff that you might be reading and pick up the manual. Pick up this book that tells us exactly how to go, how to be, what to do. A love story.
0: Amen. There's a guy named Steve Shogar speaking about the Bible. He's a author, a pastor, and he's a purveyor. There's a good word for you of the of the idea of servant evangelism. You know, we got this idea for free car washes and free uh, uh, garage sales and giving away glow stick necklaces from from this guy uh, Steve Shog. We saw him out in California quite a few years ago. He was sharing, and and in his talk he, he shared something really kind of funny about the Bible. He, he, uh, he was in Cincinnati, and there was a guy, who said it had to be from California the way he talked to him, and, and the guy said, uh, you know, I, I really don't, uh, like, uh, he, he met him at a car wash, last person to come in for, to have his car wash. He says, um, I really don't, like, understand the Bible. He says, well, like what parts? He says, well, like all of it. He says, well, what parts have you read? He said, well, like none of it. <laughs> and and Steve so said, well, like, why don't you read it and come back, and then we'll talk about the parts you don't understand. And then the guy says, and this is where Shogrin says, I know he's from California, he says, and then he says, you know, I think the Bible was like, like brought to us like by aliens. You know, they, they like knew that, that we were going to be in trouble and we were going to need something like the Bible to give us direction and to help us live together with each other like aliens. And Sjogren, I don't know how he didn't laugh at the guy, but he says, um, he says to him, he says, well, duh, if they went to that much trouble, don't you think the least you could do would be read it? Well, we know the Bible. How many think the Bible was brought to us by aliens? Anybody? Okay. We know it's not brought by aliens, right? Right. Yeah, we brought it to, them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we brought it to them.
1: We brought it to them. Oh, yeah. God brought it there to them. Go.
0: But the thing is, a, a lot of people spend a lot of hours… Uh, listening to God and taking God's word and putting it there on paper, Amen. There's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears putting this uh, collection of books—66 books—together. Don't you think the least we could do would be read it, Amen? Amen, Amen, Amen,
1: and not just read it but gobble it up. You know, I I love hanging out with the youth in our church. They just inspire me and kind of bring me back to the main thing, keeping the main thing the main thing there 's a one uh, youth that i 've gotten pretty close to her name 's Kelsey Laird. Some of you might know Kelsey, and you know, Kelsey came to this church when she was eight, and uh, now she 's sixteen and Over the years, Kelsey and I have actually talked about scripture quite a bit, and we trade favorite scriptures and so last year. Kelsey gave me a gift that is near and dear to my heart, and it's a lot of the favorite scriptures that she and I have traded. Some are hers, some are mine, and they're right here for me. When I'm beginning to have this slow fade, this is right beside my desk. And, you know, Kelsey just didn't put it on a, a computer sheet and hand it to me. It's like she put herself into it. And can you see the way she has different words that kind of pop? Now, I love this. uh, You are my beloved, and I take delight in you. And she kind of highlighted beloved and delight. And when I see that, I just kind of devour the scripture. There's lots of ways that you can do, lots of little things that you can do in your life. You know, put post-its on the mirror, do all kinds of things so that the scripture just pops in your life, and you can begin to ingest the Word of God in a new and fresh way. Because they
0: probably think, okay, well, come on, Alan Carey, duh, the Bible, we're in church. We're supposed to read it. Come on, let's get to what's going on. What's the point? Well, here's the point. For some of you here this morning, you're you're in the midst of this gobble-up period. You're, You're gobbling up. You can't get enough. You cannot satisfy your hunger for getting to know Christ, for getting to know God better. And and and, and we got one uh, one word, actually it's three words. Keep it up. Keep it up. And if you feel that starting to fade a little bit, think about what we said today. Don't let it fade. Keep it up. Don't let the slow fade happen. Catch it before it fades. Get back in there. Keep gobbling. Keep Stay at that banquet table, taking God's Word, and ever, every day getting to know God better through His Word.
1: And then others of you might be saying, oh, wow, they're talking right to me because maybe you haven't opened your Bible this week or this month or maybe it's been longer than that. And we encourage you today to... To regain that intensity that you once had when you first met Jesus. To reignite that passion of Jesus Christ in your life. To realize who you are and whose you are. To open up your Bible and just don't read it, but devour it. Devour it. And you know what? If you're kind of bored with reading Scripture... Find a different Bible. Go get a different Bible. Get a fresh translation. Get get a new perspective. You know, there are some Bibles that are tougher to read than others. There are some that kind of fit our style more. Get a study Bible and begin to dig a little bit deeper. Read the footnotes. Look at the insights that others had. Remember that those insights and those footnotes are not the Word of God, but they do help us at times uh, understand what God has said. You
0: know, sometimes we have a Bible and say, That's my Bible, and we've carried it for 20 years. And let's say it's an NIV or something. But you don't read it as much as you used to because you know the stories and you know, get a new one, a different one. You've been reading the NIV, get Eugene Peterson's The Message. I know it's a paraphrase, I know, paraphrase that, but it gives you a different direction. It might give you some fresh eyes. Go get the King James. And then when you don't understand it, get the new King James. <laughs> and then it'll help you understand what the old King James was trying to say. Get a parallel Bible where it has two versions next to each other, where you can see how it's translated differently. I've got one outside there. We have a Bible display outside. I've got one that's four different versions paralleled. It's really interesting if you, got, if you take the time to look at them, how it's been translated in different fashion. Okay, you don't want to read the whole Bible. Amen. That's a big book. Pick a book in the Bible you've never read before. How many have read Titus this year? Hey, congratulations. Ezra. See, there's some books that, read a book you've never read before. You might learn something. You might get a new perspective on God. You know, the thing is, God has made this available. God's very word, we get to hold, we get to read, we get to gobble up. Isn't that just awesome when you think about it? Wow. And and you say, well, I don't like to read. Okay. Get a CD. You got a 45-minute ride to work. You can probably get through, I don't know, several chapters a day, Cohen and Cuminor. Next thing you know, you've listened to the whole Bible just because you chose that instead of sports radio or some music on the way to work. You know, it, it's an opportunity to to dig in and to allow that Bible to become a part, God's Word, to become a part of you all over again.
1: Now, for some of you that are here, it's quite possible that this Bible is really foreign to you. We just want to say that we're really glad you're here. We're so glad that you're here, and we'd like to help you, not just those who the Bible's foreign and like, where do I start?, but all of you, you might be in a place where you're not sure what next to do or what kind of Bible to have, or or you're struggling at some point about your your discipline of study. And so when you leave, there's this card that you'll be given that has this specific email address, like, something like, I need help reading the Bible at at connectioncc.org or something like that that Ted's developed. (laughs) Anyway, you can shoot us an email and we will help you, whatever that looks like. Give us a call. Our phone numbers are available in the program. Speak to us. Whatever it takes, we would like to help you fall in love with Jesus. In fact, That's what we're all about today. Let us know what we can do. Talk to us. Drop us a note. Email or call the office. And we'll do whatever we can to help you fall in love with God's word all over again. Amen? Let's pray. God, we uh, confess that we seem to have time for just about everything but you. We read books and magazines and watch TV and we have conversations and we hang out with people and so oftentimes you're put on the back burner. Help us fall back in love with you. Devour your word if we've if we're at that slow fade part of our lives. And, Lord, if those uh, who are gathered here today are energized by God's Word and are in the midst of this passionate reading plan where they're just taking you in, Lord, we praise God and we just ask you to reveal more and more to them. And for those in this room who haven't really ever tried reading God's Word, by your Holy Spirit, Lord, guide them and help them start a new life that is such a great adventure. We thank you for your promise to never leave us or forsake us. We thank you for your forgiveness, and we thank you for your love that surpasses anything we could ever imagine. We pray this in your most precious and holy name. And all of Connection Church said, amen.
0: Thank you for taking part in sharing the message for this week. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also reach our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection
1: Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.